0: Welcome to the Bippity Boppity Bankrolls podcast. My name is Alexis Boyette and I am a motivational speaker, business strategist, and former Nationwide CEO. I am here to help you uplevel your mindset, your magic, and your money through personal evolution and intuitive alignment. So if you are looking to live a happier, more abundant, more fulfilled life, you are in the right place. My goal in this podcast is to inspire you to transcend your limitations and become the next best version of yourself. I know you will get so much value from this podcast, so thank you for pushing play today. Now let's dive in. Hello, beautiful magic makers from around the world and welcome back to the Bippity Boppity Bank Girls podcast. I am honored to have one of my students here with me today, Amaya with Pixie Dusted Party in Arizona. Amaya, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Of course. And we just recently got to spend time together in real life, in person at your photo shoot. And you
1: are just an absolute gem, a doll. Well, thank you so much. It was so fun to see you there. Yes. You're so welcome. Okay. So let's just go
0: ahead and dive in. I'm sure that all of our listeners would love to hear about how you originally got started in princessing. So how long have you been interested in princesses and when did you officially decide to start your own company?
1: that's a funny question because like when i was when i was like super little i was like really into princesses and i was all about like the pink like barbie and um and sleeping beauty aurora was my favorite and then i was like more of like a an animal girl like i was really into dogs and you know i just i really loved animals and then um once i had middle school i just became a theater kid again and um was just super like obsessed with the Disney parks and um, Disney in general and you know, the live theater, all of it. So that's kind of where like my obsession came in was definitely middle school. (laughs) And then um, I like, I really wanted to be a Disney princess at the parks, but I was like, they're never gonna cast me because I'm too tall. And I don't look like anybody, like this was before Moana. So I just like there, like I can't, I didn't think I could pass as Jasmine. Like I was just like, yeah, it's probably not gonna happen, but um, it would be fun. And then um, Moana came out and I was so, so excited cause she looks just like me. Um, I'm not Polynesian, but she has my hair. She has like just my face. Like I was so, so excited. And mm-hmm. I looked and looked for princess party companies i couldn't find them um when i looked up like professional princess like other stuff came up that is not that um (laughs) and i was like no not what i'm looking for um and then i actually had a friend that was posted about her experience working for a princess company and i was like oh my gosh that is literally my dream like can you give me their contact information and i got casted as moana and that's how my journey started <laughs>
0: and i know that you and i have talked about this before so both, actually i'm gonna i'm gonna skip behind and then i'm gonna come back to this so yes. growing up you loved princesses was there a specific princess that you resonated with the most or that you enjoyed watching the most
1: so i was um i really loved aurora just because of her pretty pink dress and i you know, my mom is blonde. So like, I really wanted to be blonde and blue eyed when I was little. Um, but then like, and I kind of like grew out of that phase, like when I was got into kindergarten and just kind of, um, accepted myself. Um, but then I, you know, princess and the frog came out and that was just really special to me. Cause it was the first princess I saw like on screen and she was black, just like me. And, it was it was really cool so you're yeah people, can't, people
0: that are listening they can't see you right now but she is wearing a tiana shirt <laughs> yes so cute. and the last girl that i interviewed um from once upon a wish in ct she said mm-hmm. that her favorite princess growing up was also like she loved belle and cinderella and those were like her iconic ones but she said mm-hmm. that Tiana was the first one that came out like while she was in school and so she really felt connected to tiana so yes. I think that's so amazing. And you said you wanted to be blonde and have blue eyes growing up. Yeah. <laughs> no, and that changed in kindergarten. So for our listeners, you are mixed, right?
1: Yeah. I am um, you know, just black and white. Beautiful <laughs> <Exactly. usual> mix. <laughs> beautiful.
0: I love that's a beautiful mix. That's a beautiful mix. Yes. So when Thank it you. comes to uh this other princess party company casting you, what characters did they cast you as?
1: I was exclusively Moana because Moana, like it was 2018. Moana was the newest princess. So they were like, Moana is going to be the big hit. And I got no bookings for like probably six months um, until they had a Moana event um, at this like big aquarium. And um, the girl who was supposed to be Moana, she... Had to go to the hospital is super scary and so I was called in um like an hour before um to do the event and that was my first experience it was super exciting super fun I loved it
0: I love that and did you ever talk with the princess party company owner about working you as other princesses
1: um yeah like I I reached out to her and I was like hey I would absolutely love to do more um and eventually the live action Aladdin came out and I got to be Jasmine and do a couple Jasmine parties which was super fun and then eventually I was the only black girl that um worked for the company so I got to be Tiana <laughs> amazing that's a
0: So you were never cast as any of the typical uh, white-skinned princesses, but you were cast as all of the more um, melanin-skinned princesses. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. And then that was just the owner's preference, I'm guessing, in order to stay towards, quote, unquote, Disney character integrity. Yeah. So now that being said, I know you and I briefly talked about this before you mentioned that you wanted to be able to be more versatile and to cast yourself as more princesses and that was one of the reasons that you came out with your princess party company am i right yeah amazing so whenever you first decided to start your company what princess costumes did you decide to invest in first
1: that's it's such a funny question because um i i started my company like right after the pandemic like right after lockdown And during the lockdown, I was sewing like nonstop. Like I made like hundreds of dollars from selling masks. So I had all of that to invest in my company. Um, But I had also been working on a lot of princess dresses, like just for fun. So um, I, of course, like I made a list of like ones that I wanted to do. I think the first one I made was Jasmine. Um, So I already had that. Um, And then, yeah, I, I handmade, like, all my Frozen ones, um, Ariel, and then I think the one we really, like, invested in was Belle, because um, we just found it on Facebook, Marketplace, the Cosplayer was selling it for a really good deal, so, yeah, I mean, I basically started up with the, the usual lineup.
0: That's incredible,
1: and then yeah.
0: when it- to you working these parties as Ariel or Elsa or any of the typically white-skinned princesses, how did that go over with the kids and the families?
1: Yeah, so I was so worried about it. I was like really nervous about how they would, um, how they would react. Um, because the first one I did was Elsa and I was, you know, really, really nervous because I wasn't sure if they'd be like, oh, like you're a little tan to be also like you're a little dark skinned but they did not care i didn't get any feedback on that um for a long time until i did jojo siwa and she is a real person so it was hard to
0: <laughs> so what did you say
1: yeah. <laughs> i was just like oh you know the camera makes it makes me look a little different Um, it was, it was a hard one. (laughs) I bet. Yeah. You
0: played it off. You were like, yeah, it's just the camera and the lighting. And just
1: the lighting, the camera.
0: Yeah. 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 That's awesome. I've never personally done Jojo. uh, And it's so interesting that you would get that feedback. Now, have you ever had the opposite to where you played a more melanin skin princess, um, and received comments?
1: Um. No, I have not, Um. because there's not a lot of melanin-skinned princesses. Um, the couple times I've been Tiana, um, I've gotten like, oh, look, it's Tinkerbell. But I think that's just because they didn't know who Tiana was.
0: <laughs> no, you're completely right. I have been, yeah. what, what was the character that I was? I think I was Cinderella. And I had someone call me Tinkerbell once. And I was like, why? <laughs> How would you think that this is Tinkerbell? You know, um, it's just crazy. Yeah. People are interesting. So that being said, because I did just have one of the other students reach out to me and say, mm-hmm. you know, she and this is a, she's a predominant. She's a white girl. And um, yeah. she is getting ready to cast. uh Darker-skinned performers as Ariel because the new Little Mermaid is coming out, and she's yeah. never. She's just worried because she's like, okay, well, we have a light-skinned Ariel in a cartoon, and now we have a dark-skinned Ariel in the live action. So, how do you? What would your recommendation be for handling a situation in which you do play the darker-skinned Ariel, um, and then having kids be like, well, isn't when when you're a cartoon, why is your skin light skin? Like, what would you say in that situation?
1: I would just say, you know, there's so many fun ways that my story has been represented. um, And I'm so glad that you've seen all of them.
0: I love that. That's, that's literally perfect because I've gotten to where people have asked me even before, like, if I'm Elsa or if I'm Cinderella and they'll, they'll say, you know, Elsa, your voice doesn't sound the same. Or Cinderella, you don't look the same. I never get Cinderella because I always look like Cinderella. But um, like Ariel, like Ariel, even though I love her, I don't portray a very good Ariel. In my opinion, I'm not a strong Ariel. So um, mm-hmm. they'll be like, Ariel, why don't you look the same as you do in the movie? Or why don't you talk the same as you do in the movie? And I say, and this is for anybody that's listening, I go into a very long explanation that I came out with, like when I first started printing and this. <laughs> something that I guess you could use for the same extent, like, Ariel, why don't you look like the same as you do in the cartoon? Same answer. So once upon a time, very long time ago, the company Disney, you know, you're familiar with the company Disney. Well, they came to my kingdom, my real kingdom, very long time ago, because they heard about my story, and they wanted to learn more about it. So we all sat down in the ballroom at the grand table, and I told them all about my adventures and my story, and they thought it was so cool that they decided to make a movie off of it and make me into a cartoon. But of course, I didn't voice the cartoon because I'm too busy running a kingdom. So they brought in an actress to voice the cartoon, and I think it's so great that they've made so many movies and books about my life, but it's not actually my real life because I'm a real person. And so that's why I don't look the same way that I do when I'm a cartoon is when I'm a real person. So I think maybe something to that extent would be applicable as well for, like, saying that, like, the darker skinned live action version of Ariel isn't the same as the cartoon white skinned version of Ariel.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, like,
0: same as you said, like, it's just a representation of the character. It doesn't mean that that's, that's the character itself, you know. And... I think that that's a really good way to get around a lot of like, you don't look like the character Mm -hmm. or, you know what I mean? Like that's a way to get around a lot of it. But I think for the most part, kids really never make comments on skin color. However, I I did have a poppy party once where I was poppy. I was pink all over. I had all my skin covered and I was at um, a party and I was face painting and the little girl came up to me and she said, Elsa, what's your skin color? And I was like, pink. And she was like, no, what's your real skin color? And I was like, pink. And she was like, no, it's not. And she was probably eight or nine. And as I was (laughs) painting her sister's face, she literally ripped my sleeve up. And she's like, oh, you're just a white girl. And just like (laughs) looked at me and walked away. And I was mortified. I was like, oh my gosh, what just happened? Uh, like what just happened? <laughs> I mean, those do happen, right? Like we do get into uncomfortable situations with answering questions from kids. But I think for the most part, it's going to be a lot of innocent, You know, I mean, I've even had to bullshit whenever kids have been like, Elsa, I can see your real hair under your white wig. And I'm like, no, no, no. It's just because it's warmer here than it is in Arendelle. And when it's hot, my hair turns different colors. And then they're just like, Oh, that makes sense, obviously.
1: <laughs> exactly. Or, you know, the classic, like, oh, um, if you know, if you're a pencil, like, oh, that's the part where um my mother cut it off when I was little. Like Yep. You can Yeah, I, that's why it's brown. <laughs> yeah, you
0: can pretty much bull your bullshit your way out of anything when it comes to characters, but it's I think it's all about making sure that you're bullshitting in all the right ways and in like ways that are filled with integrity and ethics and uh you know i did have that interview with pembe the african princess in london a couple months ago i think it was actually last summer and mm-hmm. she told me growing up that she really didn't feel because she's a black girl that she did not feel very represented as far as disney princesses go and that originally she did want to be a princess for like princess party companies but she didn't want to be tiana because she felt like they disrespectfully represented a black princess by making her a frog through the movie the entire time um she still loves tiana like she loves her she thinks mm-hmm. she's a princess but it's just like how do i portray like i don't really want to be a frog princess i want to be my yeah. own princess. you know what i mean um and so yeah. she's her own character and now she's pembe the african princess and she's phenomenal amazing uh and her costume's incredible and her character's incredible so I think mm-hmm. that she was, like, meant to be Pembe the African princess and that that was supposed yeah. to be her journey. You know what I
1: mean? hmm Yeah. And I think, too, that Disney kind of has an issue of turning, you know, people of color into animals. You know, because we have, like, we have Brother Bear. We have Turning Red, um, Emperor's New Groove. It's a lot. Like, there's it's a train of trend, that's still happening. Cause I mean, turning red happens like so recently and it's not the, it's not the best look. It's really, it's really sad because they're all such amazing movies, but it's not, it's not great. Amaya, I have literally, <laughs> never <laughs>
0: I was like, oh my gosh, she's completely right. I have never even picked up on that. That yeah. is insane.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's so sad, but I mean, we are getting a um, a Tiana series that will, you know, showcase showcase her more as a human, which is going to be great, um, and just kind of bring her back to the forefront because she did not come out during the best time for her. Yeah,
0: I completely agree. Yeah. And that's so, such an interesting observation to make that they mm-hmm. turn people of color into animals in the Disney movies. Because I, first of all, I love Turning Red, like such a cute movie. Yeah. Loved I love it. it. So <laughs> uh, yeah. But you're completely right. I think the only, I mean, could we even, Moana didn't turn into an animal, Mulan didn't turn into an animal, Raya, had animals around her but she never turned into an animal but there's also i would say like you said equal amounts of characters that turn into animals because i mean like what white people have they turned into animals
1: not a lot
0: (laughs) can we even think of one can we even think of one white person that turned into an animal
1: i mean no not really um i mean all i think of is superheroes
0: (laughs) yeah like Catwoman. but she's been halle berry she's been all all actresses so phenomenal phenomenal um but yeah that's crazy that's such an interesting observation i wonder if disney's even aware that they're doing that
1: i i mean i think i don't i don't know i don't know it's just it's kind of a weird thing and then they're also trying to kind of incorporate the people of color into animal kingdom as well and that's the only like they want to put Moana in there they've already put Pocahontas in there and it's only because they're people like it's they're people of color like they don't really have anything to do with animals because it's just like the lion king in there so it's just it's sad I mean I can't believe that that's crazy I mean if anything
0: Snow White belongs in the animal kingdom Snow White's up in there with all the village animals
1: (laughs) exactly yeah (laughs) They just kind of they want to put the princesses who don't belong in a kingdom tradition like a traditional european kingdom kingdom
0: interesting well, then they
1: should, really sad
0: yeah then they should make their own special kingdom like their own outdoors kingdom it doesn't have to be animal kingdom it could be something cool like pocahontas is my main girl man like you can't mm-hmm. disrespect pocahontas like that Like you know? <laughs> And Moana, like, what are you doing? You know, like Moana's yeah.
1: culture. She's not
0: even close to where Pocahontas lived.
1: Exactly, and it's all like kind of rainforesty vibes too. So it doesn't really make sense. Um, but they are putting her in Epcot, which will be cool. Okay, that is cool. Yeah, yeah.
0: I'm so out on all like all the Disney. <laughs> so you're, yeah. you're giving me so much Disney knowledge that I did not have before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's that's really an an interesting introspection like thank you for sharing that with me because that's something i never would have paid attention to
1: yeah i mean it's definitely not like i heard it from somebody else like on TikTok, probably but it's once you like realize it you're like oh my gosh why do they keep doing this this isn't like you know this is really really sad i almost knocked over my ring light there we go (laughs) Oh, that is really sad. And that's totally not cool. Because
0: I mean, Cinderella talks to way more animals than Moana. And so does mm-hmm. Snow White. And I never see those people with the animals, which they should be because they're the princesses, even Aurora, like always surrounded by village animals, deers and birds and
1: all of the classic princesses are <laughs> oh, like we all are
0: little yeah. animal animals, yeah. you know, that's so interesting. So I guess we answered the question then of like how to deal with kids that are asking questions about why you're not like the movies and i think that that's that's a better question to answer rather than what what's your skin color and why isn't it the same because like i said when i was poppy that was the only time i've ever had a kid ask me about that um but like for instance when i lived in hawaii and i would portray elsa uh, the kids never would say anything. Like they were always like, "Oh, cool, Elsa's got a tan." The parents would say something. Maybe like, "Elsa, you're looking pretty." <laughs> and I'm like, "I live in Hawaii. Like, what do you yeah. want from me? I'm not gonna not go to be Elsa. You know what I mean?" um mm-hmm. So the parents would always make comments and remarks, but never the kids. And then also, that being said, I did have the Princess Party community group, whatever on Facebook, come after me saying that I was too tan to be Elsa. And I was like, "I am a white girl." <laughs> Like, I am just tan from Hawaii. I was like, but like, don't tell me I'm too tan to be Elsa. That's not fair. Cause it's like, am I also too tan to be Cinderella? Like, you know what I mean? At what point are we, are we just being too much? Like, I believe in all inclusivity. I believe in trying to give as many people job opportunities as possible. And for also respecting the fact that like, like how you felt when you were a little girl, like you wanted to be something different than what you were. I respect Mm -hmm. the fact many children feel that way about themselves, no matter if they have dark skin, no matter if they have red hair, if they feel outcasted or separated from what's called what's considered beautiful in society at the time, then Mm -hmm. it's very much difficult for them to find representation with these children's cartoons, and difficult for them to um, feel comfortable in their own skin. I mean, we could go as far as saying like, the beauty standards with Cinderella and Jasmine, and a lot of these princesses were very skinny, and they had big breasts. And, you know, that was something that we grew up around. And so we just thought when we got older, that was the ideal. And that was what we needed to look like in order to live our dream. And so I think that there it goes so much deeper than skin color when it comes to feeling like you belong feeling accepted by society and then also feeling beautiful compared to like what society's standards are, whether that's big lips, long hair, curves, or super skinny and big boobs and, you know, whatever hair color, whatever skin color. And I just think that the, the, the beauty standards for society and what we consider to be beautiful and like what we, you know, glorify in cartoons and in movies, that needs to be changed to everyone and everything being beautiful and everyone needs to be represented. And if we can provide job opportunities to people of all different races and all different backgrounds and all different histories and experiences and cultures, then we should absolutely do that. And you know, if we are in a location where maybe we can't do that, and then that's, that, at that point, that conversation, that agreement should be between the client, the parent, the child, and the company owner and the performer. You know, we need to stop attacking other princess party company owners for what they're doing and how they're doing. And instead, we need to understand that that is their business and they are choosing how they want to run it. And at the end of the day, it's all about making the client and the parent happy as well as the child. And if that is okay with that group that is directly involved in that situation, then it should be okay with everyone else. You know, um, I know we talked about this the other day at the photo shoot,
1: Whenever I was
0: in Hawaii, I had a a girl that was also mixed. She was half Asian and she was half Polynesian. And there's a lot of Asian Japanese culture in Hawaii. And so I had a Polynesian family that wanted a Moana experience. This was like the first year that Moana came out. And all of my predominantly Polynesian girls that worked for me were completely busy. Like they had other things going on. And I told the client that I said, listen, all my other girls are busy. Um, The only girl that I have available, she is lighter skinned and she does look predominantly Asian, even though she's mixed. This is how she looks in the costume. Is this going to be a problem? And the parent who was Polynesian, a Polynesian family in Hawaii, was like, no, like, go ahead, send her out. It'll be great. We don't care. And the kid had a great time. The family had a great time. And I was so nervous about posting the photos of her as Moana on my social media because she was a light-skinned Asian girl. And Mm -hmm. I was so afraid of the judgment and the attack that I was going to get. And I even cast her as Snow White. I cast her as whatever character she wanted. But I had so many performers come up to me saying like, I don't think I can play that princess because I'm Asian or because I'm darker skinned or because I'm lighter skinned. And I was like, you can play whatever character you want. You just let me know who you want to work as. If you fit in the costume, I don't have to buy any more costumes for you. We are good. Like you can work, you know, if it's, if the client is okay with it and the client wants to book you, I will book you. You know what I mean? It makes no difference to me. It's between you and the family. And it's, for me, it's all about the family. Like, what does that character mean to that child? What does this experience mean? You know, what's, what about this character is important to this child because that's going to vary from child to child, whether it's the, this child really feels like they resonate with this character because they physically look like them, like how you felt with Moana, then yes, having a girl with curly hair and, you know, caramel skin and, and, or being Polynesian background is going to be important to come to the party because that's a very important thing to that child and to that family is that physical, uh, duality, like duality between, between the child and the character. So like the physical representation of there's someone that looks like me. Yes, then it's important. But if that character, if that child doesn't care what that character looks like, and genuinely just, you know, believes in that character, because likes their powers, or likes what they stand for, likes what they represent, then everything else is up for discussion between the client and the company owner.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, I do think it's very important to, um, you know, have that representation when you are when you do have, like, a princess of color, um, you know, as long as they are a person of color, it's totally fine. Like, she was still, she's Polynesian, she's Asian, like, it's, you know, same thing. Like, <laughs> as long as they're representing, like, a culture that has the same experiences, it doesn't really make a difference.
0: I agree completely with you. And if, for me, it's all about the person or the performer's background and their history and their culture and where they come from more than the color of their skin. Like if mm-hmm. that person comes from that background, but they have lighter skin, I'm not going to not work them as that as that character unless that client has specifically told me that they want someone with that specific skin tone. You know what I mean? Because yeah. for me, It's like having a performer that can truly embody that character and represent those ethics and those values and that history that really matters the most. Any advice or any feedback that you would like to give to anybody that's maybe either considering starting a princess party business or just want some feedback from you on like how to improve their business or be more inspirational. What, what is some great, beautiful things coming out of Amaya today?
1: Well, yeah, so what I've been learning recently um, is that well, there's there's just a lot of princess companies in Arizona, and we're all kind of doing the same thing. And I've I've tried to do the same thing as them for a while, and it hasn't worked out for me. Um, and what has worked out for me is working with corporate, working with some other small businesses. So I think that's super important, especially if you have you live in an oversaturated community, just do things a little bit differently um and then also um just don't fear your race like it's so it's so hard to get that out of your head because especially like growing up as an actress like i um i felt really deeply insecure about how i looked and um i kind of had to beat that out of myself because like kids don't care <laughs> and like the world doesn't really care anymore um, and then also, like, I think, although we we should definitely be loose, a little more loose on casting, um, I think people of all sizes and all races should be princesses, but it is very important to portray the princesses of color, the very few that we have, to as people of color.
0: I completely agree with you. Yes, yes. Queen. <laughs> I think that that's extremely important it was used to when i first ran a princess party company um, when i first started out it was something that i was really conflicted on now that being said i always did my best to cast appropriately and to have Mm -hmm. the right princesses of color portraying the right characters of color um however when it came to the discussion about you know is it OK to put you know, a tan white girl in Jasmine and things like that? I didn't really ever see the problem with it. I never did. It wasn't until I had that discussion with Pembe in London about mm-hmm. how she felt and like what it meant to her to see a princess of color that I truly understood the importance and the impact of it. And I think that that's the discussion that all white girls need to have with princesses of color in a healthy and beautiful way to where we can understand, because we wouldn't have that perception. We wouldn't have that understanding perspective unless we had that conversation, because if we ourselves have never experienced it, then how we could, could we possibly un- truly understand it or know? And so I think having those discussions in a healthy way is so important because it does allow us that that expansion and that opportunity opportunity to grow and to become better people and to become more aware and more sensitive to other people's comfortabilities.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree. Yes, Queen.
0: (laughs) Just before we end, um, because you are a new M3 Academy member, is that for anybody that is not an M3 Academy member and is listening to this podcast or watching this YouTube video, is joining the M3 academic program something that you would recommend?
1: Absolutely, yeah, definitely. I um, was a culinary major. I don't know anything about business, um, which is again totally Tiana. Um, and like, yeah, I just I didn't know what to do. I'm a creative mind. I don't like I I can't just you know sit down and I'm I'm not good at business is what I'm trying to say. And um, I think you know putting all of that information into a into like something that we can actually like utilize and put into our specific niche is so important because I mean like yeah we could we could take business classes but how much of that could we actually use um so I think yeah it's really really helpful um it applies to I mean you never worked in Arizona I'm in Arizona um and it applies everywhere. Like it, um all of your information is super helpful. It applies everywhere. And yeah, it's, it's super helpful.
0: Hey, I'm so glad. And I'm so glad you're a part of the community and that you found a joy in interacting with the community. And are you happy that you found Bippity Boppy Bay Girls? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, that makes my heart happy. That's That's all I wanted to know. That's all I was just like. For me, it's it's so important to know that what I'm doing is genuinely helping people improve their businesses and helping them see things in a different way. Uh for me, that's that's literally why I do what I do is to try to do my best to help magic makers achieve their dreams so they can actually make money from it and actually live a life that they're proud of. Because I think when we have more people in this world living their dreams and making money at it and being flexible with their creativity, it essentially makes this entire world a much better and happier place
1: absolutely i think it's so important to share information with everybody because like we all we can all help each other out
0: yes queen yes well thank you so much for joining me i love your beautiful face thank <laughs> you. <laughs> okay. and i will see you soon yeah thank you so much Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you loved what you heard, be sure to share it with me by visiting me on Instagram at Bippity Boppity Bankrolls or visit me on my website at bippityboppitybankrolls.com. I love and I adore you and I can't wait to connect with you on the next episode. Have a magical day.